Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. All right, it is overtime on 106.7 The Fan and Odyssey app. Chris Knocky, Donald Hankerson with you till 9.05. Nats take over at that point in time. Playing uh, the Fighting Otanis of Los Angeles tonight out in Anaheim. And uh, that first pitch starts at 9.35. Our next guest really needs no introduction. Steve Buckhans has been around town forever and a day. High school uh, guy worked at Fox 5 forever before he took over on Wizards broadcasts. Uh, you know the voice. Everybody knows the voice. Everybody knows the face. Buck, thanks for joining me, man. Appreciate it. Knock, I'd ask how you are, but I was with you yesterday, so there's no need for that. Well, and, uh, let's let's talk about that, because you and I spent a bunch of time together at Avenel yesterday at uh, the Wells Fargo tournament. When I came in here to do a little prep for the show, and I know people who are listening to this are shocked that I actually prepped for the show. <laughs> I, I'm one of them. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> But I was watching the tail end of play today. Not only were those guys playing in the rain, I could not get over the number of people who were out there watching it. I, I, I texted our friend Joe Yasheroff, who was my producer at Channel 5, <clears throat> and I said the exact same thing. I said the guys that, that are out there playing are nuts. The people that are watching them are even crazier. Uh, I mean, I watched about an hour of that, and of course, and it was funny to listen to the announcers. One of them is our friend Steve Sands, who's yep. from Bethesda, yep. and 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 everyone to a man kept saying, "I can't believe the conditions that these guys are playing in." I mean, not only is it nasty, raw, and rainy, but it's the wind kicks up, and yeah. it's not supposed to be any better tomorrow. And I just I'm watching this and I'm just thinking, you know, this can't be any fun. <clears throat> and I'm almost thinking of the at one point, you know, the last few holes, McElroy's gotta make like par at least to, to make the cut. And I'm thinking, this guy may may miss a couple of shots on purpose, <laughs> on purpose. here. <laughs> you know, so he doesn't have to come back tomorrow and Sunday. He's got plenty of cash on him. Yeah. You know, so uh but he may he made the cut. But I mean, uh watching these guys having to wipe their grips like they like they were in the caddies and just it looked miserable and I don't I don't know how you shoot under par or even par in conditions like that it's nuts yeah they're not giving each other putts either and I I'm thinking I'm, as I'm watching that I'm thinking 
I don't. I would never play in that in those kinds of conditions. Hell why no. would I? Why would I even watch? Why would I even go there and and, and be miserable? Just, even if you're under an umbrella, as you said, it's just raw as hell. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I mean, I I, uh, I guess the reason is that um, if you have tickets, you don't want to waste them. Yeah. You know, if you if you bought them, I guess you're going to go out there. You know, our tickets luckily didn't cost us anything, so we were happy to oh, be. You, but yesterday you, was nice. You didn't pay. Uh, no, just, I didn't pay. That was just you me. Didn't, yeah, you're the one that got the preferred sea <laughs> lot parking, and I got the. I was. I had a better walk to Venus than I did the actual course. Uh, but uh, thanks to our friend Brian Bishop. For yeah, that. yeah, he hooked us for sure. All right, let's yeah. talk a little bit. I know you're watching the NBA game here, and what a yes. what a difference an MVP makes for Philadelphia. Well, that um, and just I, I, I don't know. You know, I'm sure Doc said something to him, but. Their defense is much more aggressive, much more physical. They're forcing Miami into taking not-so-great shots. And even when Miami's gotten good shots, they're not making many of them. Uh, They're really missing a lot of shots, and there's been a lot of turnovers. So they haven't been able to find a rhythm yet, and Philadelphia's got a lot to do with that. And like I say, Embreed makes a huge difference. Harden is Harden, and uh, there's going to be a struggle this game for yeah. Miami. Everybody's getting better shots with Embiid on the floor, too, because yep. he takes so much attention away. Curious, when you watch a game, and I know you love the game, and I'm not trying to minimize that at all, do you watch the game as much as you listen to the announcers? Because I know you really pay attention, and I you've got pretty strong feelings about who you think is good and, and not conversely <laughs> not so good. So what do you, what, what are you focusing in on? Um, I, I, fo- I actually, I guess three things. I watch the game, so I'm watching the guys play and, and how they play. I'm watching the officials because, you know, I'm into that, and so many of those guys are really good friends of mine. And, and uh, you know, heck, I text back and forth with Scott Foster during games when he's not working, obviously. Um, <laughs> Clarify <laughs> that. Would that. Be, yeah. That would be tough if he was working. And Josh Tiven and, and Zach Zarba, all these guys are really good friends, and, and, uh, and that's fun. And and like you said, I I really um, scrutinize and listen to the announcers because I, uh, you know, I know how I call a game. I, I know how they call games. There, like you say, there are certain guys that I really like, certain guys that I don't care for, um, and and I listen to the little innuendo and also the, um, you know, I have these pet peeves. Uh, like, uh, well, you know, the, <laughs> we talked about this yesterday. Um, I would, I would, I would bet you that I could not find an announcer in the NBA, whether it's one of the thirty local teams or even the network guys, who could call a game without saying "knocks it down." <laughs> now you can. There are different ways to say a shot went in. You can say, you know, swish, bang, good, and there's a million different ways. But everybody says "knocks it down." I'm just that's the other one. Yeah. And when the ball's bouncing around on the rim, you know, he gets the roll. That's another one. Uh, shot clock, shot clock to game clock. I used to just say there's a five-second difference between the clocks. Yeah. People know what the clocks are. Yeah. Um, but little things like that. That And then, the, and then the, the, the big one is obviously Big Fella. I mean, if I've heard Big Fella one time, I've heard it a thousand times, and usually it's from the, you know, the analysts, it's the, you know, the color commentators. So um, uh, that one drives me crazy. And I don't think I've ever said Big Fella in my career. But uh, – those kind of little things, you know, nobody else, it does, they don't bother anybody else, but they bother me, Knock. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So 
you know, we were, in the previous segment, we were talking about the fact that this will be the first World Series this year in a long time where there's no Joe Buck uh, doing the games for Fox. Yeah. Some people would suggest that's a good thing. I, I actually like oh, Buck. I think he's great. I, I like Buck. I think he's very entertaining and, and doesn't take himself all that seriously. So who's on your – who's on? and I'm not just talking about NBA. I'm talking about in sports because I know you're a fan. I, we've, you and I have been to a bunch of different events, a bunch of different sports. Who is on your the Steve Buckhans Mount Rushmore for play-by-play work in any sport? Wow, that's that's a tough one because there's only four on Mount Rushmore. Yeah. If I'm not, you know, yeah. I, I thought I knew that. <laughs> um, I, I don't know if I can pick four, but I can tell you who who I who I think are great and who I think are probably and and you know you could go way back to the you know to the Milo Hamilton days and the Skip Carries and. It, obviously, Vin Scully's got to be, you know, he's probably on that Mount Rushmore. Um, I would say Al Michaels is on that Mount Rushmore. Yep. He's, yep. to me, he's the best, um, and he's great at hockey, too, but but he's the best um, football announcer I, that I know of. I mean, he, and for a lot of reasons, he's just, uh, he's so well prepared. He knows the rules better than the officials do, and that's important because certain guys don't and certain guys do. Like Mike Breen knows the rules. And a lot of announcers, some of us don't really know all the rules like we should. Uh, and that's important when it comes to calling a game. But um, Al Michaels, I think, is the, is the best at that. Um, Jim Nance is great. Um, you know, and he's great at everything he does. He's just so, so um, polished. Uh, whether Smooth. it's golf or yeah. you know basketball, football doesn't matter. He's he's great at that, uh, and uh, and uh, and you know if we're talking greatest of all time, I mean it's again there's some other guys that you know Bob Costas is really really good at what he does. Um, I used to love my favorite radio play-by-play announcer, who I listened to when I was first getting in the business in 1976-77, was a guy who's passed on, but his name is Joe Tate. And he did the Cleveland Cavaliers on 3WE, WWE Cleveland, 1100. Yeah. And you could hear it in 30, they used to say you could hear it in 38 states and half of Canada. And you could. And I used to tune in to listen to Joe Tate. I just loved his cadence and everything else. A little like Skip Carey, who I worked with down in Atlanta. But um, so those are guys. Ian Eagle is great. I yeah. think he's one of the best there is. Just, you know, you know what I don't like, Knock? <clears throat> I don't like guys who are so enamored with their own voice that you can almost tell. I don't like that. <laughs> you, got, and so, you got somebody in mind? Well, yeah, I'm not going to say. <laughs> I'm not going to say. But, 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 yeah, there are guys like that, and I just don't like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, so that's why I like a guy like Ian Eagle. He's not – I mean, he's a great broadcaster, but he's not, he's not worried about his voice. He's, he's calling the game, and he's smart, and he's, he's got a good sense of humor – and uh, he knows how to call the game and when to be dramatic and when not to. Got a good way with words. And I just, I just, you know, he just. I don't like guys that come across like they they think they know more than you do. Mm-hmm. And um, so I gravitate towards guys like him. And I think Al Michaels is that way too. Even though he does know more than you do, he's just so <laughs> true, good true. at at calling a game. And um, you know, color commentators or people would say you know expert and uh, analysts, whatever. Um, I don't know. There's boy. There's so many of them. I mean, I enjoy listening to a lot of guys, and we're we're seeing guys coming into their own now. Guys like Grant Hill, guys like Brandon Haywood, uh-huh. um, 
Does that, that are surprise really good you? At doing that. Does that surprise you, Brendan Haywood? Because you obviously you spent some time with him with the Wizards. Yeah. No. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. I'll tell you why. I mean, a little bit it does because I didn't know that he could be this good, you know, with his voice and, and calling a game. But, you know, he majored in communications at North Carolina. And when he was with the Wizards, uh, the, those three guys, he and Karan Butler and Antoine Jameson, would come to the back of the plane where the media sits. When I say the media, me and Phil, our producers, our directors, and Dave, Dave Johnson and Glenn Consor. And they would come to the back and talk with us, chat us up. And I admired that because a lot of players, especially the young ones today, they're just thinking about themselves. They don't, they don't have any interest in – they're not smart enough to know to go pick somebody's brain that's ten times wiser than they, they are at this age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those guys were. <clears throat> Karan and Antoine and Brendan, they were. And they come back and talk to us about different things, and we talk about games and stuff like that. And actually, and it's ironically, all three of them <clears throat> did some kind of broadcasting. Yes, they did. Yeah. You know, in their careers after they finished playing. And Brendan has taken it to, I think, you know, the, the highest level. So <clears throat> it doesn't surprise me that much. But um, I thought it was interesting that we had that interaction, and I didn't have that kind of interaction with, uh, you know, a lot of players, uh, especially recently the younger ones. But I did have it with guys like Tracy Murray and Jawan Howard and uh, Marching Gortat and those guys. Uh, you know, there's you know, some guys you gravitate towards and they come to you and then others you don't. Uh, you, I wish I could tell you, I wish I, we could talk about a, an NBA championship that you called for the, for the Wizards while you were doing the games. But you did, there were some stretches of amazing, uh, there were some amazing stretches. And I'm, I'm thinking of a couple. First of all, anything related to the Jordan years. And I know, folks, it's very popular to minimize Jordan's second stint, you know, when he played here. Right. I think also the Gilbert Arenas run where there was just improbable game winner after game winner. Right. And your dagger calls would go viral. Uh, (laughs) Like, if you look back at the the 20-plus years that you did, what's the high point? Um, good question. I, I think, and I've asked, been asked this question before. I mean, I think my favorite moment, my favorite call still was game five, the Wizards in Chicago when Gilbert hit the, uh, you know, that dagger over uh, Kirk Heinrich, mm-hmm. uh, because of a, a lot of reasons. One, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a great shot. It won the game and it happened at United Center in Chicago and those fans know basketball and they're rabid and it's hostile. And to be able to silence them like he did was just such a gratifying feeling for everybody involved, including me and Phil. And, um, and I, I think after he, he made the shot, uh, I, I think I just it, I yelled dagger and then I said, Gilbert Arenas has just sucked the life out of this building, <laughs> which is exactly what he did. I mean, you could feel that you could just feel it, you know, um, and it was such a cool, cool play. Um, any of Michael Jordan's, you know, game-winning shots, and he, hit a, he hit a few of them, um, you know, were favorite moments for me. Yeah. And, you know, look, the Wall Beal era, era was, was fun too. But, but my, I think my most fun having um, doing games with Phil uh, Chenier was during the Jordan times because it was such a good group of guys. Doug Collins was our coach, okay? Patrick Ewing was an assistant. But Doug and I and Phil and some of those guys became pretty close. 
And we just had a great time traveling together. And then traveling with Michael was just such an experience. I've told people this before, but it literally, when you would go places, it was, it was like traveling with the Beatles. I mean, he, he commanded such um, uh, fanfare from, from folks everywhere in the country that it was phenomenal. And it was just a really cool experience to, uh, to, to, you know, to hang with him, to see what an actual living legend is like. You know, none of us really get close to somebody that's iconic. Oh. Yeah. Or, or could be construed as a living legend. But, you know, this guy is. I mean, you, you can recognize this guy from the back of his head. I mean, he's, he's a living legend. And, you know, who, who gets close to Michael Jordan? Nobody. But because of what we did, we traveled with him. We were on golf courses with him. We were on elevators with him. We were in one-on-one situations with him. Um, and we got to see how somebody like that lives. And I tell you, it's um, it's pretty wild, man. To see, it's pretty wild. I mean, um, I told the story once about the um, the famous ducks at the uh, Peabody Hotel in Memphis. You know, have you heard of the, the, yeah, the ducks? Yeah. yeah. So they're world famous, and they they bring them in off the roof every day, and they and they in a procession they lead them to this fountain that's inside the Peabody Hotel. If you've ever been to Memphis, very famous place. So the, one of their managers came, uh, came up to uh, Michael's guy and said, you know what would be awesome? He said, if, if Michael got off the elevator with those ducks and led them in a procession to the fountain. And the guy said to the manager, he said, let me ask you a question. He says, you like your ducks? And the guy said, well, of course. He said, because if Michael Jordan gets off that elevator, he said, you're going to have a lot of dead ducks. <laughs> He said, there's going to be people that are going to rush Michael Jordan, and they're going to just step all over those <laughs> little peddlers. And so he didn't do it. Jimmy Carter was staying in the hotel at the time, and they got him to do it, which was awesome. Meantime, we come off the elevator to go to the game, and the bus is parked outside on the street. And the entire lobby, including a full block outside this, ele- this uh, hotel, was lined with people that wanted to get just a glimpse of Michael Jordan. Yeah. It was phenomenal. And that's the way it was everywhere we went. You know, I, one of the things that kind of strikes me too, you know, a lot of guys, you know, you, you worry about seeing a guy in the last year of his career, you know, that he's never really the same that he, that he, that he was, you see a diminished product and, and certainly Jordan wasn't what he was at 23, 24 years old. He played every game of the season, Buck. He played 82 yeah. games that year. Yeah. And in and, and, and this, in an era today of, Load management. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Well, I think, I'm not going to say he wanted to prove a point, but I think he wanted to prove, if nothing else, to himself that he could still play. And listen, Nock, you know this as well as I do, you know, 60 70% of Michael Jordan is better than 90% of the guards that played in the league. Yeah. Uh, you know, at his age, which was, what, 40, 39, 40? 40, yeah. Um, it was amazing. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh, uh, yeah, I just you, you marvel at what kind of an athlete he was. And yes, especially to anyone that lives in and or around the Chicago area, his time with the Wizards will be an asterisk. Okay, that's all it will be. Um, but for the folks that were here, and of course for Abe Poland, who you know Michael uh, made probably made Abe seventy or seventy-five million dollars yep. in the three years he was here. Um, it was it was quite a spectacle to see it. And look for us, you know, it was just. It was just the coolest thing to just see him in a Wizards jersey. And, you know, we were at training. We spent training camp with him and got to know him. And, 
um, and joke with him. You know, he was a listen. He was a ball buster, and we used to break balls with him right back. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, there'd be times where we'd get on the team plane after a game on the road, and his. Gulfstream was right next to ours, and he'd get on his plane and fly back to Chicago if we had a day off, um, and then come back to Washington. So you, you know, you got to see how guys like this lived, and it was just. Uh, but he he was you know, there was a you know he would we used to fly these charter planes. You know, there ninety percent of the NBA flies on a, a Delta charter, mm-hmm. and they're beautiful seven fifty sevens. They call them seven fifty seven VIPs. They actually say that on the placard and the entire inside of the plane is um, designed for uh, first class seating everybody has a first class it's seat it's rock, rock star travel yep absolutely it's probably um, i'm going to say maybe i don't know 60 60 seats on a plane something like that and the players all sit up front and they have these unbelievable seats that just about fully recline and they are um, spaced like six feet apart. So there's, I mean, they can stretch out. The middle seating is for the coaches, and they have card table seating where they can face each other and watch tape and have meetings. And then the last, I'd say, nine rows are for the peasants, you know, the, the, the media. So that's where they stick us, and that's me and Phil and our producer, our director, our, our graphics guy, Dave and Glenn, the, the equipment managers, the, the athletic trainers, and we all sit in, in back there. And then eventually it became the social media people, who at first there was no social media, so there was none of them on the plane. Then, you know, Ted Leonsis had them all on the plane with us. So um, there was all those people. Well, back in the day... When we first started, when we first started flying, we were on A. Poland's private plane, which was a Boeing 737, original 737 that we flew out of BWI. Mm-hmm. But then when Michael came, he didn't want to do that anymore. We started flying the Delta Charter out of Dulles, but at the time it was Northwest. This was before they merged with Delta. Right. So we would fly 727s, and they—if you remember—the 727s would have stairs in the back of the plane that would come down, and right. that's how we got on the plane. Mm-hmm. So we would get on, and everybody would walk towards the front. Well, Michael, one time after we lost to Cleveland, in Cleveland, he was so mad because it was a bad loss, and he was just irate. Uh, this is before he, he was um, playing. He was, I think he was just the president of Ben. Well, you know what? He might have been playing. I've got I to gotta look that up. He gets on the back of the plane, and he looks up front, and he stops, and he says, <clears throat> I can't repeat some of the things he said, but he said, I'm not riding up there with those young blankety blanks. I'm going to sit back here with the grown-ups." And for the rest of the season, he sat in the back with us. In fact, I have a picture of him in the back. Ironically enough, I took it, and it was he's sitting next to Kwame Brown. Oh, my. And Yeah, I have the picture. Someday I'll tweet it out. But, um, and, you know, he wasn't real fond of Kwame. He no. drafted him. He and Doug drafted him, but... Um, but they had some run-ins. But when we'd win, he'd sit in the back and smoke a cigar. Now, nobody's going to tell him, <laughs> A, you know, it's like Red Auerbach at Woodmont Country Club who used to smoke a cigar in the card room. They came in one day and said, Red, we need you to put the cigar out. And he, he, he kind of poo-pooed it and said, yeah, not a, not a chance. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Michael was the same way. Now, I will tell folks this will be a little bit of an eye-opener for people that know, don't know anything about how teams travel and charters. But on a charter plane, at least the planes that are chartered by teams, there are no rules. You can do whatever you want. We would have people walking around on landing, 
when the team was taxiing, guys are up talking, going to the bathroom. There, there are no rules, you, right, and right. no one's going to tell you to sit down unless there's tremendous vi- uh, turbulence. Um, so, and the food that they served on the plane was just outrageous. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it was the Palm or Morton's or whoever catered it. So anyway, it was just funny to, you know, people don't know. You could take six, eight bottles of water on with you, eight bags. I mean, it didn't matter. Mm. There are no rules on a charter flight. And that's why Jordan could get away with smoking a cigar. You didn't have to put your tray table up either, did you? On Trump? Are you take, kidding me, man? Are you, once I got my like four or five pillows. I got them all <laughs> snuggled in next to me. I had my video going. Uh, yeah, nobody was going to you know, tell me to take him away. Last sure. couple minutes with Steve Buckhans. Uh, from a TV guy perspective, who do you think ESPN wants in the finals, NBA finals? I mean, uh, who's the most telegenic? Who, who drives the ratings? Golden State, I would think, would have to be the Western Conference for just for ratings purposes. Um, yeah, no, I would agree with you, obviously, because of Steph and Clay and just their, their whole their whole genre, that that yeah. whole team, uh, you know, and 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 I think you know Phoenix has as good a shot as anybody if everybody's healthy and and Chris Paul's playing the way he's playing, um, but they're not the draw that Golden State is for a national TV audience, yeah. and um, you know I I hate to say that they could be rooting against um, Giannis because Milwaukee's not a great draw either, even though they're a really good team and Giannis is a tremendous player. But they're not the draw that Miami or Philadelphia is or, right or now. Or Boston, probably. Or Boston, absolutely. Yeah. Or Boston. So um, uh, you know, and and there's a lot of parity this year. I mean, it's kind of neat. Um, I, I I don't know if anybody's invincible uh, playing the game right now. But um, so I would think that it would be, it would be Golden. They would want Golden State, and probably you know either Boston or 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 even Philly. Or you know, you can't go wrong with those teams. I think if you're a trying to get ratings and stuff like that. Last question for you, Buck. Exit question. Your dagger call obviously lives on forever, and I, I had the pleasure of playing golf with you not long ago, and you put the you, you, you drained a putt to win a hole, and you gave it the dagger call <laughs> to, to a couple of my friends. And they, I don't do that really all the time, they, Doc. I mean, <laughs> they loved it. Playing, one of your buddies coaxed me into doing that. So. <laughs> no, I turned and pointed to you and said, all right, you say, did. say it, Buck. <laughs> So, so is that was that organic? Did that just come about one day with a Wizards win, or was that something you had given some thought to? No, no. I mean that just that just came. It's it's not like a golf tournament. If you're Jim Nance and you're calling the Masters, and you know who is either about to win the tournament or even is going into the final round with a lead, you're thinking of things the night before. You're going to say, okay. But it's different in a basketball game or maybe even a football game. Um, you're, you're, those things just they just come out like you say they're just organic. I, I I didn't I don't know why I thought about that. It's you know what a better example is was the the no not possible call. Yeah. When um, Mo Pete hit the hit the shot after Michael Ruffin uh, threw it up in the air. Yeah, threw uh, it up in the air to basically kill the clock. Exactly. With, and now, Mo, Mo Pete playing for Toronto at the time, right? Correct. Yeah. Now, if you go back and look at the at the play, you know, you got um, a free throw. And I want to say there was four and a half seconds left in the game, okay? Something like that. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. So I'm thinking, okay, four and a half seconds. The free throw is they, they bring the ball in. Ruffin catches it. Now the clock starts. 
He throws it like 50 feet into the air. Mopey catches it, you know, flings it up and makes the shot. And I'm thinking to myself, it's not possible that he could have done that in four and a half seconds. That's, and that's how it came out of my mouth. I just yelled, no, not possible. Not possible that he makes that shot. And so those things are organic. And the dagger call was, um, you know, um, I, you know, there was a call I used to, I used to like to say um, when a guy would hit a shot, I'd say, how do you like that? Yeah. And I think I got that from my mother, who used to say it all the time. And that's how it came out of my mouth. But the dagger thing... Just like you say, it was organic. It was a spur-of-the-moment thing. And I actually had a general manager, uh, the late Sam Schroeder, at, um, at the time it might have been home team sports. It could have been, I think it was home team sports. And he, he called me and he said, you know what, I don't think you should use the dagger anymore because at the time I was sometimes using it even for the other team. And he'd say, you know, this too, it just, uh, it's too violent and I just don't think you should use oh, it. come on. Yeah, and and at that time I was starting to get some recognition for that, especially from the sports junkies who used to use it all the time, mm-hmm. and I've always given them a lot of credit for helping with with that, and um, and and I said to him, listen, you know what, Sam? I said I understand what you're saying. I won't use it against the Wizards. I won't use it for the other team. I said, but I'm starting to get some recognition for this, and when you have a brand or something that's sort of your trademark. You can't pay for something like that. That becomes a big, a big deal. And he was smart enough to understand that, and he said, okay, you can keep saying it. And, um, you know, so I did, and, and I do have it trademarked. <laughs> yeah, you do have it trademarked, and you're supposed to be paid whenever it's used, right? You're damn right. Hell yeah. So, you know, if you say it a few times, I can probably file some sort of a grievance. Yeah, not against me, against the station. No, I'll say it. I, I, wouldn't I, do, I wouldn't do that against you, personally. <laughs> no. no. I, and by the way. Yeah. Because I, because I, you know, we could we could sit here and talk for hours about anything. I mean, I could talk about hockey. I'm and I'm no Joe Beninati, but I'm I'm watching the hockey games and they're fabulous. I mean, isn't what a great sport that is in the playoffs mm-hmm. to watch? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And so I'm sitting here, I'm eating a chicken sandwich, okay, and I'm thinking about the wars between, you know, the debate between Popeyes and Chick Fil A. Yeah. And, of course, those are two different sandwiches. You know, you, you can't beat a Chick-fil-A sandwich, but that's a, that's a different kind of a sandwich than a Popeye's. I've yet to have the Kentucky Fried Chicken Sandwich, which looks great, you know. That's, that's where you have the, the Colonel Sanders guy who says, you know, chicken sandwiches shouldn't be under a tanning salon. <laughs> you know, they, I love that guy, man. Yeah. I love that. I'm having one from Woo Boy Hot Chicken in, in uh, Herndon. You ever had that? No, I have not. Uh, but I believe there's one in Old Town too, one in Alexandria as well. Are I got to try that. Really? Good. I don't. I didn't know that. Woo Boy is is a great chicken. Totally different than the Popeyes. Totally, obviously, totally different than Chick Fil A. So if you're from Maryland and you can stomach coming across that bridge. Uh, then you should probably come over here to rest in the Reston Herndon area and have the Woo Boy hot chicken sandwich. It is phenomenal. Uh, before I let you go, Buck Donald, just for the record, Buck not only does great restaurant reviews, does fantastic movie reviews. This guy yeah. is on it. So, Buck, yeah. give me one thing you watched recently that you thought, holy cow, that was good. Well, you know me, Knock. I watch all the movies over and over and over again. I mean, I've seen... I've seen Castaway 80 times. 
I can't stop watching it. It's got one of the best the best plane crash yeah. um, scenes in in all of movies. And ha- Tom Hanks is fun. He's phenomenal in every movie he's ever made. You know, yeah, he's yeah, just, yeah. He's incredible. Uh, same thing with Leo DiCaprio. You know, I watch him all the time, whether it's The Aviator or whatever. Um, and so I have a tendency, you know, Silence of the Lambs. You know, um, The Departed. You know, I mean, the Departed, my favorite DiCaprio movie. Yeah, well, and and he and I got a, I got a lot of his with me. I mean, he's yeah. he can play. It's amazing how he can play almost any part. And uh, you know, Anthony Hopkins. You know, when he when he looks at her and says, "You use Evian skin cream, and sometimes <laughs> you wear lard de ton, but not today." You know, I mean, you yeah. know, stuff like that. You know, it's like yeah, we said uh, said it to Agent Starling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Agent Starling. That's yeah. correct. Um, and, and I just and I'm a creature of habit, so I watch these movies over and over again. Uh, lately, what I've been watching, and I haven't finished it yet, and I think I have like probably seven or eight more episodes to go, is Ozark on Netflix. Finished it. Finished it two nights don't ago. Tell, don't tell. Please don't tell me. Oh, you won't believe. No, I'm just. I, no, don't kill it, man. And I'm going to watch some more after this game. I'm going to watch some more tonight. And uh, I thought that with season four, that I had I hadn't seen any of season four, so I've just finished the first eight episodes. Oh, oh, you yeah. got some catching up to do, my friend. How many They're, episodes are there in season four? Uh, I think I think they're they're fourteen all told. Okay, so yeah. so you got six in the second batch that six just came more to out. go. Yeah. Yep, yep. Because I just finished the one where uh, she blows away the, uh, the 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 nephew of Omar Navarro. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Okay, it yeah, gets better, it, man. There's you got some great stuff ahead. Enjoy that, man, and I appreciate the time here. All right, Knock. Take care, buddy. Hi, Buck. See you. Steve Buckhantz, uh, former Wizards guy. Everybody knows Buck from around town. I mean, obviously, he's been around here forever and a day. Those are some stories, Donald, and a uh, great frame of reference. I didn't even get a chance to ask him. This is a guy who also did a lot of work with the Redskins back when they were the Redskins. Right. You know, he used to have the Joe Gibbs show as a part of his Channel 5 package, and uh and he, he does a great Jack Kent Cook impression. He's, you know, again, he's a guy who's well, well, well connected for sure. All right, we got some bills to pay, man. That went way, way long. Chris Knocky, Donald Hankerson with you. Overtime is the name of the show. Back in a few minutes. Well, man, Steve Buckhans, that is his one of his seminal calls. That is fantastic. That in a horrific, heartbreaking Wizards defeat uh, at the hands of the uh, Toronto Raptors. Mo Pete hitting the dagger three at the uh, at the buzzer. You know, um, just to correct something that we we were on a little earlier, Donald, <coughs> when we had Jimmy Patsos on, we were talking about. The Wizards need for a point guard, and the fact that you go through the draft, you go through, uh, look for a free agent, and the fact of the matter is, is that when you look at draft boards, uh, you almost have to think that your point guard solution is going to come from free agency. I it was pointed out to me via direct message that there is a top ten point guard on the board, and that's Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky. 
problem is, is that he is on virtually everybody's board. He's a top five, top six pick. So unless the Wizards get really lucky, and uh, and Jimmy made a point, you know, they are due to actually have a ping pong ball bounce their way. Um, unless they get lucky, they're going to have to find that point guard from from other avenues. And, you know, he suggested a guy like Jalen Brunson, who's a free agent. And Brunson's one of those guys. That's why games like tonight are really interesting with Phoenix and Dallas, where Brunson in the first playoff series that um, where Dallas beat um, Utah, Brunson seemed to have made himself a boatload of cash in free agency because he was so good. But as good as he was then, he has been uh, really nowhere to be found of late in the Phoenix series. So um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what a price the price point is for a guy like that. If you look at comparative draft boards, NBA draft boards across, you know, really across the spectrum. I'm looking at three right now. There's there's a unanimous, there's a consensus on the top three picks. Holmgren from Gonzaga, number one. Paulo Bancaro, who's, uh, you know, had such a great year at at Duke, number two. And uh, Jabari Smith from Auburn, number three. From there, it gets interesting, you know, and there's some guys that could sneak up, uh, uh, you know, Johnny Davis, who was the Big Ten Player of the Year, is kind of all over the board. He's as high as five and as low as 12. One of those guys who might be available might slip to the Wizards uh, at some point in time. In most cases here, everybody has the Wizards picking a non-point guard. They get, you know, Right now they're slotted a 9, 10, 11 spot. No way Washington is available for them then, and it's way too soon to pick Kennedy Chandler, who on most boards, the highest he's rated on most boards is 22. So, um, as I said, in most cases, you've got to look to free agency. There are guys out there. There are proven guys out there. But you're going to have to get better. And I, I hate to disagree with Jimmy. Bradley Beal is not your answer, even playing limited minutes as a point guard. So, um, just a thought. By the way, Philly up five on Miami. Miami's closed the gap. It was a 14-point Philly lead just a few minutes ago. Uh, Miami's come alive a little bit, largely on what they've done on the defensive side of things. Philly's still in control, playing in Philly, of course, must-win game for the Sixers. All right, let's take a break. We're going to wrap this up. Got one segment left before the Nets and the the Angels. Uh, First pitch is 9.30. Pre-game starts at 9.05. Donald Hankerson, Chris Knocky, the name of the show is Overtime on 106.7 The the Fan and Odyssey app. Back in a few minutes. Chris Knocky, Donald Hankerson, wrapping things up this Friday night. Lame Friday night. Man, is it awful outside. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan and Odyssey app. The name of the show is Overtime. And, and Donald, you know, there are three or four things I can count on when I come in here. First of all, it seems like I'm always in here on a Friday night, right? I can't get a date, right? There's no <laughs> chance. But I, it, it always seems like bad weather when I'm coming down here. Not, not, not a great situation. I mean, it's, it was pouring when I parked. Sure, it's even worse out there right now. Also, the the cologne, the Brian Mitchell cologne that wafts through this <laughs> this studio. I mean, dude is impressive. Yeah, I mean, he he's got some smell good on him. So, so what I've determined here is if 
I see both of our names on the schedule, then mm-hmm. I can anticipate rain that day. <laughs> that's 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 Are that's put, pretty. You that, put that on me. That's pretty much what I'm I'm gathering here. If I see us both working together, then I can anticipate the rain that day. Well, you can certainly <laughs> anticipate it tomorrow too, because the forecast is pretty pretty ugly. So tell me, walk me through Donald's weekend, a rainy weekend. Is there something you're watching? Is there something you do? You got a hobby? You doing something inside that'll keep you busy? Yeah, I probably, I definitely will be tapped into, you know, all the sports going on. I know Caps play tomorrow at 1 o'clock, so I'll probably be locked in for that. Took a brutal loss yesterday, so I'm hoping they bounce back. Um, definitely will lock in for some of these playoff games going on as well, NBA playoff games. Um, but also, too, I, I'm hoping maybe, uh, I don't know if you're a Marvel fan or any Marvel fans yeah, out there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the new yeah. Doctor Strange movie uh, Gr- came well, out. Well, Grant was telling me, Grant Paulson was telling me that he went and saw it yesterday. Okay, and he said he was pretty much the only guy in the theater, and he got the hall pass from his from his wife. Mm-hmm. Called her and said, "You know, I mean, are you okay for a couple hours? Are you okay if I if I watch this movie?" And um, I think it was after he'd bought the ticket, so you know he was being. But right. at any rate, he said it was it was good, but it's uh, almost a little too nerdy. You know, the time travel thing, the time hop thing, rather. Right. And he said, you know, his whole thing is. You know, the the one uh, preview that they had shown was for the new uh, Thor movie that's supposed to be coming up. And I've seen that I've seen that trailer before. It looks it looks fantastic. So uh, um, so you're so you're going to go. That's that's on the agenda or is that a a possibility? That's a possibility. It's not set in stone, but I'm hoping I can maybe get to a theater or something, especially to rainy, you know, weekend. That's like perfect to step to a movie. theater. you know, what's your top Marvel movie? Ooh, top Marvel movie. Uh, big, big Iron Man guy. Yeah, you know, probably probably Iron Man one or two. Yeah, or is is up there for yeah, me. Yeah, and those those sort of broke the seal, right? Of course, yeah. You know, and uh, and they're all sort of formulaic, in the sense that you kind of know. I mean, with the exception of the one, you kind of know that the good triumphs, right? At the end of the, at the at the end of the show, right? Um. Yeah, who wins in the steel cage match, Iron Man or Thor? That's, that's I'd a pay good, to see it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say that's a good question. I mean, if I'm if it's a straight steel cage match, if we're talking just strength, I have to go with Thor. Obviously, if you can, uh, you know, have some some gadgets and gizmos going yeah. on there too, yeah. I'm taking I'm taking Tony Stark. All right, so it was interesting talking to Buck Ants about his favorite broadcasters, right? The guys he likes to listen to because that I means he did it for so so long, and I've had those conversations with him, and I knew. He had some points, some things that you got tired of hearing, some cliches that 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 the announcers throw out regularly. Is there somebody you like to listen to? Joe Beninati on the Caps is spectacular. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. he and he and and Locker just are fantastic. But is there, I, I just throwing that out there. Is there somebody yeah. that you you like to listen to? Uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of the guys that that Buck mentioned, I I like a lot. I'm I mean, I'm a big NBA guy, so I love. Mike Green. Green, yeah, yeah. I, that's he. He's he's the go to guy for me. You know the the bang call when yeah. when you know the shot goes down. I bang. love that. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Emphatic bang call. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I, I listening to Breen too. You know there are times during the course of the regular season. You know it's a long season, so so occasionally they'll split up Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. Right, right. they're not nearly as good uh, with when they're not playing off each other. It seems like to me, 
I agree. And, and they have a relationship where they can bust each other's chops regularly, and and nobody ever takes it personally. Right. And uh, uh, it's interesting. I also feel like uh, Mark Jackson does a really good job. You know, you know, considering the way he he left Golden State, and mm-hmm. and and that's in that seems like a long time ago now. But he left them. He was a big part of them getting to be where they are right now. I agree. And and he's incredibly magnanimous when he does Golden State games, and incredibly magnanimous and positive towards Steve Kerr. I think, you know, when he does Golden State games, and I don't think that's easy to be. I and I can tell this this story now that he's he's not on, no longer on the air with us, Donald. Yesterday, I'm with Buck out at Avenel, and. Uh, this guy comes walking up to his short guy. I didn't even recognize him. Glasses on. Um, and he sticks out his hand to Buck and he says, uh, Steve, Justin Kutcher, the guy who followed Steve doing the Wizards broadcast. Right. Now he's no longer there. But it was one of those really, it was a kind of a weird moment. They never met. Wow. And so so it, I, I thought initially it'd be like a cat seeing himself in the in the mirror. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know? But but it was great. It was a very very fun conversation, and uh, Justin's on to different things now. I he, he wouldn't tell us exactly what he was going to end up doing, but uh, uh, I'm sure you know he's a talented guy. They both are, and uh, uh, and uh, Justin headed for greener pastures. One would think. Hope so. All right, listen. We appreciate all the folks who participated tonight. Patsos was great. He went on forever. Buck went on forever plus. Steve Buckhans did. Appreciate those guys coming in and illuminating us a little bit. Uh, Donald, appreciate your help as always, my man. Hopefully, next time I see you, the sun will be shining. And, uh, you know, yeah, let's it, hope so. it won't be wet out there. <laughs> All right. You've been listening to Overtime, 1067 The Fan and Odyssey app. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent apr or up to 1500 bonus cash on the hyundai tucson now during the hyundai getaway sales event offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details